Hello and welcome to the Livestreamer Backstage Podcast. I'm Alec Johnson and this is a weekly show where I interview fellow live streamers to understand how they're using live streaming as a tool in their business and to discover the tech, the gear and the software that we use to produce great live shows. My guest today is Laura Davidson. Laura is a singer, songwriter and music producer with over 20 years experience in the music industry. She's also a podcaster with her podcast Song 43. So it's fair to say that she knows a thing or two about audio. Now, one of the most common uh, pieces of advice given to folks starting out as content creators is to get your audio on point first. And even if you don't have the latest and greatest camera, people will be happy to watch as long as they can hear you clearly. Whereas a perfect 4K picture paired with bad audio simply won't do. And I found this out uh, certainly from my own experience as a viewer, but also as a creator. And I'm still in fact using a uh, 10 year old Canon EOS 60D for all of my videos right now. And uh, at this point, uh, I've never had any complaints from viewers. So the next question then though is usually which microphone should you buy and often we're starting out as content creators with a passion and understanding for a specific topic but we have no clue when it comes to the tech required to actually create the content and i'm speaking from experience here and i know that the past two years have certainly been a massive learning experience for me in that respect and there's no shortage of recommendations for microphones from people and uh, they'll often have very strong opinions of one over another but the truth is that there is no one size fits all and it is a case of understanding more about microphones and audio and then making an informed decision about which one is right for you. Well, that's where Laura can really help us out today, because as well as being a highly accomplished musician and vocalist, she has also spent her career in business working with some big names in the music tech and hardware space and is currently heading up the retail market development team for sure. So I'm really looking forward to geeking out over audio tech and learning more about how to make those informed decisions. So without further ado, let's welcome Laura Davidson. Hey, Laura, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm great, thanks. It's great to uh, great to have you here. And uh, yeah, you already know I'm a, a big Shaw fan, so couldn't be any better person to have on the show to talk about all of this sort of stuff. <laughs> yes, well, it was lovely meeting you at uh, Leap Into podcasting and I think that was super fun and just a great way to meet new people and I've I'm super happy to be here cool cool well perhaps you can start by telling us a little bit more about your background and you know how you came to uh, be doing what you're doing at the moment in your background in music and all of that sort of stuff a bit of a bit of a history yeah yeah absolutely so I um after graduating from the Berkeley College of Music in Boston uh, I moved to Nashville and I started doing the singer-songwriter thing, as they say. So playing Music Row, uh, doing co-writing, trying to just sing for my supper, and and was uh, started directing a show called Chick Singer Night, which is actually a, a still running. It's the longest-running showcase for women, uh, and it's a really cool thing. So you should check that out, chicksingernight.com. So Ooh. I was running that chapter in Nashville uh, and got asked by the founder of Chick Singer Night if I wanted to try and demonstrate this piece of gear called the TC Helicon Voice Live. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the heck is that? And I, I you know, Googled it, as anyone would. Uh, and it is a eight-foot switch box that allows you to plug a microphone into it, sing through it, and it generates four-part harmony. And so I was oh, cool. hooked from the second I tried that thing. Um, so they asked me to demonstrate at the NAM show, which is a show out in Anaheim that happens every year. And it's where all the music merchants get together stands for National Association of Music Merchants, and demonstrate all the new gear, launch all the new products. Uh, it's 100,000 people gathered for four days talking about gear. It's like the coolest thing ever. And so I, I demonstrated that, and it turned out I was kind of good at demonstrating music equipment. And 
um, still was able to be a singer songwriter while I was doing that. So I traveled all over the world demonstrating and uh, I got a gig as a background singer because of that, that actual piece of gear uh, and traveled doing that and got hired by that company to be the marketing manager for about 10 years and oh, wow. I've been with Shore for, for five did some stuff with Boss, another great company, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So, and I'm I'm a singer songwriter, and I started my podcast in June. It took me a f- way too long to start it, but I'm so happy I did. And and so that's that's me in two minutes or less. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool when you can uh, be doing something. Uh, it's first of all still keeping your you know primary passion alive as well with the, the singing, but also finding an industry to work in that is in sort of parallel with that and is so in sync. It's. Uh, uh, a rare, rare thing, isn't it? Really, so it is. It really is. I'm lucky. I feel lucky every day. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, how have you found the uh, the sort of transition into sort of promoting these products that you're you're working, uh, you know, working with sort of day in day out? How 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 did you find that? Uh, obviously, obviously comes naturally. But uh, what's been some of the, the the highlights of that? Yeah, it was kind of seamless. Um, I think because what I love so much is when I demonstrate a piece of gear or show a microphone to someone and I see the light bulb go off mm-hmm. in their brain. You know, I can see them get excited. I can see how they are thinking about how they're going to use this to make their lives better or their creativity easier. And that's what really just keeps me going. And with every new product that I get to talk about, technology is always changing and so it's always exciting always different and i get to play with gear all day so it's like toys <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, really, yeah. it's really fun uh-huh. yeah and I've, I've mentioned before i think it's a a very smart move on the part of uh, you know the companies to have somebody who is actually using the tech and in the industry so often you'll get large companies will just bring somebody in from outside that has maybe experience in marketing but no necessary uh you know experience of using the product whereas you know, when you've got someone who is actually using these things day in day out themselves then the enthusiasm obviously is going to shine through with that. I know it's, it's, a, it's a really yeah. smart move, really, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, it's working well for me, and mm-hmm. I have a great team behind me as well, and we just all love what we do, and we all have different strengths that we bring, which is what is so fun, because you know we, we, some of us are stronger in, um, in the education side, and some of us are stronger in the listening side. We make a whole category of, of headphones and earphones and some of us are just really great at talking to people and interacting so like when you combine that all with people who are just closet musicians or you know really full-time musicians too it's yeah it's it's a really merry band of Mm -hmm. people that i get to work with every day right right and in terms of like live streaming have you done much of that where you know during the pandemic did you do any sort of online performances or anything like that during that during that and how 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 did you find so many yeah. Um, I actually started doing um, happy hours mm-hmm. at five o'clock. I just turned the camera on and I would be walking around the house and then I'd come eventually into this room, which is my office and my studio and just, you know, play a few songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I do that at night after the girls, I have two girls, they're eight and 11, oh. um, went to sleep. Um, and then I got hired to do a couple of virtual events, which was super trippy and really fun because they would have like i don't know if you've heard of any of them but essentially like companies were shipping out um cocktail kits to people okay and then there'd be a bartender that was walking them through how to make these cocktails and then i would come on and just play a couple of songs and it was like being in a bar or being in a event but like in my house (laughs) and 
got paid to do it. And it, that, so, yes, to answer your question, yes, I did that. <laughs> and, and how did you find um, the, the sort of uh, the move from performing, obviously, on stage to performing on camera in, you know, do, like, how did that move go for you? Because, uh, you know, I know for me, I've got uh, public speaking experience, but then coming and sitting in front of a, uh, you know, a lens is a different uh, different thing, really, isn't it? So how, how did you find that? It, yeah, it is. I think, honestly, that was the easy part. I've, mm. I've been in front of the lens a lot, too, doing demo videos and whatever. Right. What tripped me up was, okay, loop back audio, number mm-hmm. one. That was the biggest challenge I faced. Um, getting the great quality video, and audio, which was really tricky at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. that high fidelity music mode did not exist in right. Zoom when we first all got locked down. Yeah. Uh, so you know, trying to find a way to be legitimate and credible and have great sound when I was just figuring it all out by myself, uh, that was that was hard. But the camera part was easy. Right. Cool. <laughs> so cool. At least I had that <laughs> yeah. going for me. Mm-hmm. The other yeah. thing is, we have to have we all almost have to be sort of. Uh, you know, on the screen, but then also the lighting and producer and everything like that as well, and have our fingers on yeah. our stream decks and things like that. So there's a lot more going on yes. when you're uh, <laughs> when you're just on doing it as a live stream as opposed to just being on stage, I suppose. Well, and the comments too, because <laughs> you want to interact with people. Yep. And like, I couldn't figure out initially with eCam how I could see the comments, and it was still early on in eCam where you couldn't, and that was even before guest mode on eCam. Right. <laughs> so I was just kind of like. <laughs> What is going on? So, <clears throat> yes, there was some learning. <laughs> and and, and, have you, uh, and done, did, did you start with Ecamm or did you try anything else out? Or what's been your sort of your journey with, with Ecamm? Oh, yeah. Facebook Live was where I started. That's where my people are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in my 40s and that's kind of like where we hang. Although I'm much more strong on Instagram now, um, which, of course, like no one's on there anymore. I can't keep up with all these things. Uh, <laughs> and... I think with Ecamm, gosh, I can't remember how we first met them. It may have been through a company through called Boxcast. Okay. Who introduced us to Ecamm. And Katie and I just clicked immediately. If you haven't met Katie Fox at Ecamm, you got to. She's, She's great. Bomb. <laughs> and so uh yeah, so we've just been going back and forth for several years now and and learning all the things. And I did a bunch of beta testing, you know, anytime they had a new one come out and and we helped them with mics and yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, great, uh, great match. And the great, uh, great community there at Ecamm as well in the, in, in general, the Ecamm fam are, are wonderful, <laughs> all, all supportive and helping each other on this this journey of discovery that we're all on when it comes to like the tech, we can uh, yes. give each other issues sometimes, I think, with uh, <laughs> making us buy more things than we possibly need. But um, it brings us round to this whole thing of audio because, you know, it is something that uh, we all come into this with. Uh, if you if you don't have a background in it, you know, not knowing anything and not knowing where to start. And there is people who will have very strong opinions over, oh, you've got to get this mic or that mic. But um, there is more to it than that, isn't there, obviously? and Oh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps you could yeah. give us sort of, uh, you know, a, an introduction to, uh, you know, audio in general and microphones and, and a few other things to maybe think about when uh, when considering a microphone. Yeah, so when when you're thinking about a microphone, you want to think about first, where are you going to be recording? Or you can think about what you're going to be using it for. Because if you're somebody who's a performer and you want to have a mic that can go with you from stage to studio, we make those as well. So it's kind of like, where are you going to be using it first and foremost? If you're in a space like this, which is my office, it's untreated. I don't have acoustic panels or any sort of sound reinforcement at all. I mean, it's just, or acoustic treatment rather, hardwood floors, glass, 
angled walls, drywall. Mm -hmm. It's a nightmare in here, really. Um, so I'm using what's called a dynamic microphone, which is this beauty right here. This is called an MV7. Uh, and it has basically in the way that it works, the ability to block out sounds coming from the rear and sides of the mic. And that's kind of a twofold thing. It's because of what's called the polar pattern. So that's how the microphone physically picks up the sound. This is a cardioid polar pattern, meaning heart-shaped or cardio, cardioid. So that's why things can't come in from the back of the mic. Mm -hmm. um, but the dynamic microphones are actually a little <laughs> bit harder to make uh, or harder to... I don't want to say harder. They don't get as much extraneous noise down them because of how it's designed. It has a diaphragm. It's connected to a magnetic coil, which is surrounded surrounding a magnet. And when you talk into it, it vibrates the diaphragm, moves the coil, creates an electromagnetic field, goes down the USB cable in this case, or XLR, because this microphone is actually both. Mm -hmm. um, this is the XLR variant of it called the MB7X, but um, it has that nice little XLR on the back. And that's why it's better for untreated rooms because it's not going to pick up all of the nuances and sounds and HVAC noise and dogs barking and all that. Mm -hmm. Whereas something like this, the MV51, this is a large diaphragm condenser. And this is a USB mic too. So mm -hmm. it's got USB here and a headphone out on the back. And this has a larger space um, or larger diaphragm and it actually has a condenser microphone in it, a capsule. And condensers work by having an electrically charged backplate instead of that magnet mm -hmm. in there. So it takes less energy to move the diaphragm and to produce the sound. So that's why it picks up a little bit more, in some cases a lot more. So if you are in a space that's not quite perfect, then I would recommend going with a dynamic microphone, something like the MV7. Mm -hmm. And when you so the the there's actual physical moving parts in the uh, the dynamic microphone versus the condenser, which is uh, is does that mean that they're you know more fragile, more delicate in in any way? Um, you would think, but not ours. Mm -hmm. I mean, originally they were a little bit more uh, fragile, but not not anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a thinner piece of material for the diaphragm. That's how it reacts more quickly. Mm -hmm. But nope, this thing is actually built like a tank. Like I wish I could like. I don't even know how I could illustrate that. Right. It's metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's a really solid piece of gear right there. So, yeah, that's the difference between a dynamic and a condenser and why you should choose one over the other. Mm -hmm. And what about the audio quality out of those? Is there a, a sort of sacrifice with audio quality if you're going with the dynamic versus the condenser or is that uh, not, not necessarily a thing? No, not necessarily. I mean, and honestly, I always tell people to try the microphones mm -hmm. anytime that they can because certain people might sound better on different types of mics and it, it really just comes down to the application and, and where you're going to be using it. Right. But no, you're not going to sacrifice anything. Um, if anything, with a condenser, you're, you're going to get a little bit more detail mm -hmm. uh, just because of how it physically reacts and responds. But no, you're not going to sacrifice any quality if you go one versus the other. Right, right. Well, I mean, I've been using a, a, an MV7 since I started. I mentioned to you before that <laughs> the MV7 was the first thing I bought after a lot of research, watched all the YouTube videos, watched, you know, did all the the, uh, the research that you're supposed to do. And uh, yeah, settled on the MV7. Really pleased that I did. And I also bought a Stream Deck at the same time. That was the first two things that I actually invested in specifically for this. And yeah, it's, if I, I wish I could do a time lapse because it's like my studio has <laughs> built up and morphed around it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they've just, they're just still here. That would many, be cool. Many other things have changed, but these two are still here. But one of the things I love about the MV7 was the, uh, and the reason I bought it was because 
I could use it over USB to begin with, but then thinking ahead to yes. when I uh, inevitably get the gear acquisition syndrome and, <laughs> and get some sort of external yes. audio device, um, that it's got the XLR as well. Um, is there a difference then between the XLR and the USB from, from that point of view with, with the MV7 specifically, you know, do you get to, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with, I mean, not a discernible difference necessarily from an audio perspective, mm. but because of the way that the microphone is built, we have an app that you can use to control it if you're using it via S mm -hmm. uh, USB. And so that's called the sure plus motive app, and it will prompt you to download it if you do get the MV7, which I'm mm -hmm. sure you saw when you got yours. Yes, yeah. And so the benefit is that you can have some pretty cool control over the mic. Um, so if I were to change it, I'm actually in the app right now. Um, and I can actually, if I can share my screen, well, this is a podcast, but you know, that's okay. I'll just talk through it. <laughs> um, so, um, so I can switch it so you can actually hear it in real time. So right now I have it in what's called auto level mode, which is what the mic ships defaulting to. Mm -hmm. And that means it's going to adjust your levels for you. So it's great if you're just starting out, like you said, you wanted to go with yep. your USB, have the chance to expand into XLR, which we'll talk about in a second. This is brilliant for that because auto level mode means if you're a dynamic speaker, meaning you get louder and softer and you're all over the place, the mic's going to adjust for you. Mm -hmm. So that's a really nice feature. I can also switch it to far mode, which I've done right now. So that allows me to have more freedom to gesture wildly mm -hmm. if you wanted to talk with your hands and you don't have to be as up close or you can have it a little mm -hmm. bit more off camera if mm -hmm. you wanted to. And it's still going to adjust that sound. For me, I'm a close talker. I like to have that nice up close and personal feel. Uh, and then you have some tone controls. You can go from dark to natural and to bright mm -hmm. all within the app. So I'm changing that in real time that you can hear that happening. And then if you want to get even more control, you can switch over to what's called manual mode. So I've just manually adjusted the gain to be a little bit hotter so that it matches what we were hearing before. And I should point out, I'm monitoring in real time because my... Um, MV7 has a headphone out on the back, so I can actually hear you talking. I can hear me talking. And I can also adjust the EQ parameters. And those EQ that settings that are within the app are coming directly from our SM7B. So I just in, uh, engaged the presence boost. Mm -hmm. And now I've engaged the high pass and presence boost. So that's giving me a really cool sound that I can have more control over. But for me... I honestly keep it in auto level mode most of the time. And I'm super happy with what it does for my tone and makes me, takes all of the thinking out of the equation. Mm -hmm. well, one of the things that uh, you mentioned in the, uh, when, when we were on the, the panel together at Leap Into Podcasting was about the fact that you can actually use the MV7 with both the XLR and the USB at the same time. And I just suddenly thought, oh, I unplugged the USB when I started using it through my Rodecaster. So now I've plugged it back in. Mm -hmm. And the next week I had a fault with my Rodecaster. And so I was so glad that it was plugged in and <laughs> it was like, oh, it's already ready to go. So it's kind of like having a, yeah. a redundancy as well as, um, you know, being able to potentially record to two separate locations as well. Yeah, and that's kind of an, a lesser known feature of it. But yeah, you can run it into your Mac if you're using that. You can use set up an aggregate device so that it recognizes your Rode and your USB coming from mm -hmm. the MV7. Mm -hmm. And what's this, uh, this sort of comparison or the similarity between the, uh, the uh, SM7B and the MV7? Uh, because a lot of people, you yeah. know, talk about the, uh, uh, the SM7B, you know, it's a, a, a real staple of uh, podcasters and live streamers. How do they compare sort of it internally is. in terms of the sort of mechanics of, of them in internally? 
Well, I mean, they are both dynamic microphones. They both utilize the Unidyne 3 capsule. So there's nothing super crazy there, but they have a different capsule. They're not the same mm-hmm. guts. Um, right. And the SM7B has some physical differences that are pretty obvious. We mm-hmm. gave it kind of a nod to the SM7B with the MV7, making it in this form factor. But you'll notice that with the SM7B, it has the capsule all the way down here. So mm-hmm. about two inches down which is why you get that nice, um, warm sound and no plosives, and you don't have what's called proximity effect, Mm -hmm. which is what occurs when you get up close to a mic. It's a buildup of low-end frequencies that get very kind of woofy and boomy sounding Mm -hmm. that can be kind of fatiguing to your listeners. So that's why this mic lets you get up close and personal and not have any of those Mm -hmm. kind of pitfalls. Uh, and it also has those selectable EQ switches on the back that I was showing or talking about in uh, the got app from the mm-hmm. MV7. But these are actually hardware, <laughs> right on the hardware and, and right. switchable. So not the same mic at all. This is still kind of like the gold standard, uh-huh. you know, with the SM7B. Um, but two two different options for people wanting to have, you know, different control and just different choices. Uh-huh. Well, I actually put the RK345, the uh, windshield from the SM7B on this. <laughs> so it's, it's a yeah. bit of a hybrid. <laughs> yep, exactly. A lot of people have done that. And, mm-hmm. you know, w- with mine, um, if I was experiencing plosives, what I learned is to just go off axis yeah, just a yeah. little bit, like you're you're doing and I'm doing. So instead of speaking directly into the mic, which is kind of, you know, it feels like you would mm-hmm. normally. You you just go off axis, and then your plosives go away because plosives are caused when you have that physical pop of air, mm-hmm. and it pops the diaphragm, and that's what makes that sound. So just go off axis if you're experiencing that. Uh-huh. And it also keeps it out of you know right, from right in front of your face as well if you're on, yes. on video. So yes. helps from that perspective as well. <laughs> it does. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, so what about some of the other uh, microphones that you've got that are sort of USB uh, based? What uh, are some other recommendations that you might have for, for those? And what's what's different about those? What, what advantages do they have? Yeah, this one, this is not a microphone, but this little guy right here is called the MVI, which is a single channel interface, meaning you can plug a microphone or an instrument into it because it has that nice high Z in. Mm-hmm. And it has a USB out and a headphone out on the back. Sorry, I just pointed to the wrong side. I got, I, I'll never get used to this weird <laughs> thing with too. the camera. No matter how many streams I do, I'm like, and this is my other hand. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this is great if you already have a microphone. Like, let's say you have an SM58, which is the kind of industry standard microphone for live performance. Mm-hmm. You can use that on podcasting, and it's a great podcasting mic, turns out. So if you wanted to plug that into your MVI and then run that into your computer... That's your podcast rig right mm-hmm. there. It's portable, super simple to use. And then you have some nice controls right on the front. You have presets, you have headphone level, you can mute it, and you have your gain right there on the bottom that you can adjust. So this is my my kind of secret weapon for when I go on the road. I bring that in case I want to add any other guests to the equation or different microphones. Um, and then this one, this is a tiny little lavalier mic called the MVL. It, it's always so hard to get it in shot because it's so tiny. <laughs> uh, and it has a little um, TRRS cable right. at the end. So you can plug this directly into your MacBook Pro or your computer or into your phone if it still has a headphone jack, but it'll also work with the lightning dongle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is great. I use this all the time when I'm doing videos and live streams when I don't want my MV7 in my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a great, great option for that. It's just a tiny little 
lavalier. And what sort of what's the capsule in that then is? Would that be a a tiny dynamic or would that be a tiny condenser mic? You know, what it's, sort of... um, it's a condenser, I believe. And I actually have to look that up because uh-huh. I'm I can't remember right now. But it's it should be an omnidirectional mm-hmm. look. And and when that one's plugged in, is there any processing on that? Can that go through? Um, uh, uh, the, no processing. The mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No processing. It's just straight through, um, and then you can add the effects post. Uh, so yeah, there's no controls with the app. Right. Um, but this one, actually, this one, I should have my whole rig set up, but I don't right now because I love taking it apart. But this is the <laughs> MV88 Plus. Oh, cool. This one, talk about app control. This is the coolest thing because what it lets you do is plug in your phone and use it. It comes with a whole um, tripod that you can clip it to and slip your phone into. This is really made for content creators who are on the go, Mm -hmm. but it also works with your computer as well. It'll plug right into your laptop. It comes with USB-C cables. But with the app, you can control the polar pattern of the mic. So we Mm -hmm. were talking about that with MV7. Yep. And we're going to geek out for a little bit here because you love that and that's fun. (laughs) So it's a stereo condenser mic. So it's got two capsules Mm -hmm. that you can actually control. So right within the app, which it prompts you to download, Mm -hmm. you can go in here and you can see you have all these options. Now... I can change up the polar pattern right here just by swiping. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm in raw midside, and you can change it to cardioid and stereo, and you can adjust right, the right. stereo width. Uh-huh. Why do I need that? Well, if you're out in the field and you're recording, you would use it to get some stereo recording of maybe the environment you're in to add some Foley You could then put it into this one, the monocardioid mode, which my MV7 is in. Do your actual interview of yourself, you know, your voiceover. This one is the cool one, though. It's called mono bidirectional or figure eight. And it essentially turns off the front mic, opens up the two side microphones, and you could put it on the table between yourself and your guest and do your interview wherever you are. So this is a really, really flexible tool Um, and again it comes with this whole kit which i currently have in this awesome kit that katie gave me from ecamm so so it's holding all the bits and pieces so i don't have it assembled but it has this little um hot shoe or cold shoe mount Mm -hmm. the phone clamp and a manfrotto pixie tripod so that all comes together no it's funny i just saw it was earlier today uh doc rock was uh demonstrating that on his live stream he'd done the Done a little recording by the beach uh, at Hawaii with, yes. the, with the wind noise yep. and everything. And uh, yeah, it came out really well. <laughs> so, Yes, uh, it is good for all kinds of applications. Mm-hmm. That one is another That's, personal thing. I mean, that, that one works on the, uh, the the mobile, but the the MV7 works on the, the mobile as well. So you can get some... It does. Really, <laughs> you know, really get some much better audio quality on your phone using, <laughs> when you've got one of these two plugged in then. Just on yes. the uh, not that, not that too many people are doing Clubhouse as much as they were, but that's where I used it as well a little bit on there. Yep, that was yes, exactly. So yeah, you can plug it into your phone or into your computer and have it with you wherever you go. So that one's it looks tiny, but it is just it is very mighty. This little guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the MV88 Plus. Uh-huh. And so the 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 primary mic that you use for all of your uh, podcasts is obviously the the MV7. How about for your you know, when you're when you're singing, what's the the microphone that you would be normally used for that? Yeah. What would be your mic of choice? It's it's funny. I feel like I 
I'm like Mary Poppins every time I do one of these and I just reach for things. And <laughs> have them. But um, this is the KSM 32. This is a large diaphragm condenser, one of our studio mics. And I love how this mic sounds on mm-hmm. my voice. It's very warm. It's a large diaphragm condenser that we were talking about before. So it is going to pick up all those details and nuances. So when I do sing in here in this untreated room, I have another um, rig over here, which is my studio rig for mm-hmm. recording. And I get nice and close and I use a pop filter mm-hmm. so that I can be really up close and personal and not have it pick up too much of the room reflections. Uh, so that's my my go-to. I also use it to record my acoustic guitar. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful microphone. Very rich sounding, a little bit of shimmer in that top end. Uh, and you can also, there's some roll-off that you can add on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little pad too, if it's a little too hot for what you're going into. Uh, but people just don't often remember that Shure makes studio condenser, you know, side address condenser mics. And we rock at that. So I'm always trying to get people to try them out and give them a, give them a go. Mm-hmm. And when people have got obviously different voices and things suit people differently, is there any sort of rule of thumb there as to what might work better for some people than other? Or is it just literally a case of uh, try them out and <laughs> see which ones work? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've sung into a bunch of mics in my day. And I've I've tried the legendary ones. And, you know, it really is a matter of the, your personal instrument, especially with singing. Uh I encourage people to try as many as they can. And the analogy that I keep saying is that like, if you were to go into a music store as a guitarist, you wouldn't just pick a guitar off the wall and be like, Oh yeah, this looks great. I'll take it. You know, like you would play it and you would see how it interacted with you and how it felt. And a microphone is the same exact thing. It's just, we don't often have the luxury as singers to try microphones out for a number of reasons, especially coming out of a pandemic. Uh, But there are ways to try them. So I would, I would recommend doing that, but, Good rule of thumb is if you're going to be doing something and, uh, you know, if you're doing a recording and album, try three to five mics before you just go with one so that you figure out what's going to help Mm-hmm. get your message across and get your music across. I just want to take a moment to talk about Ecamm Live. This is the live production Mac software that we're using to live stream and record this podcast. In my opinion, it is the best live streaming and recording software on the market today. So what exactly does it do? Well, essentially, it allows you to control the content that you're including in your video, be it a live stream or a recorded video. And you do this by building out different scenes that contain the content that you want to show. This content may be a feed from your camera or indeed multiple cameras, or you may be sharing a screen, which is what I do a lot of in my tutorial style videos that I make for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. You can share the screen from a second computer or maybe even a gaming console if you are a live streaming gamer. And just as we are doing in this podcast, you can also bring in guests using Ecamm Live's built-in interview mode, where guests can join from a browser and you can then incorporate their video and audio into your production. Finally, you can add all kinds of additional graphical and animated overlay elements and even movies to really add a level of branded professionalism that would be hard to achieve in any other way. The real magic happens though when you hit that record or go live button because then you are able to seamlessly switch back and forth between all of the scenes that you've created and indeed this is how all of the videos have been created for my Take One Tech YouTube channel and the reason it's called Take One Tech by the way is because all of the videos are made in one take with no edits. I just hit record, make the video and as soon as I hit the end recording button the file is there and ready to be uploaded straight to YouTube. 
YouTube. What I love about Ecamm is not just the ease of use that it has when compared to other live streaming software, but also the greater flexibility it gives in terms of layouts and designs that you can create for your shows when compared to some of the hardware streaming solutions. And one thing that makes Ecamm great specifically for podcasts is the fact that it has the ability to record isolated audio tracks. So once we finish recording this podcast, I'll have a separate audio file for me, my guests, and any other audio tracks that have been a part of the recording. That makes the editing and repurposing of the content for the podcast so much more streamlined. It does have another little trick up its sleeve though, and that is its virtual camera feature. This allows you to take the video output from Ecamm live straight into communication apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Discord, and so on. This means that rather than just appearing in Zoom meetings with a regular camera feed, you can now show up with all of the amazing production values that Ecamm Live gives you and deliver that straight into your Zoom meeting. And trust me, when you rock up to a Zoom meeting with Ecamm, <laughs> the other participants will be truly amazed. So whether for live streaming, recorded video content, or to level up your Zoom game, I highly recommend you give Ecamm Live a go. You can get a free trial by going to takeonetech.io slash Ecamm. That's E C A M. Takeonetech.io slash Ecamm. And of course, you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. You will certainly not regret giving it a go. Now let's get back to the show. And what about the, uh, you know, you talked about untreated rooms and uh, this one that I'm in at the moment now, I have got sort of some acoustic panels to try and help with the, the, the you know, the sort of... Is it reverb, I guess, in the, in the house, maybe? Yeah, in the, the in reflections, the yeah. 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 Um, Oops, I've still sorry. got a, a tiled floor, though, so uh, I need to get a rug down, I guess. Oh. But uh, what are some of the steps that people could take to actually improve that, you know, in their in their rooms from an audio perspective? What could people do to, yeah. to get a better So zone? you can get, you could t- put blankets down, you can put a rug down, um, you can put pillows, soft surfaces that will absorb, basically. Anything that can cut down on those those natural reflections. And you don't have to put them directly behind you or in front of you. I mean, I've seen people in the closet. I've seen people with the blanket fort, you know. And, and <laughs> that I find kind of claustrophobic. So I mm-hmm. like to have my space. Yeah. Um, I've tried what's called reflection filters, which are the things that kind of like go around the back of the microphone mm-hmm. and fix to the microphone stand. Yes, yeah. Mixed mixed results. Um, you really just need to put on a pair of headphones, get close to the microphone, as close as you can, and and try and experiment, you know, by putting some other things down into the into the space to see if it can kind of alleviate that. Um and you can also get some of those resonant frequencies out using EQ. Mm-hmm. There's some really great plugins that um, can just notch those right out for you. Of course, I'm spacing on all of the names of them right now. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's a couple ways. So either treating it or using EQ in post-production mm-hmm. um, and just getting as close to the mic as you can without having plosives. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned earphones there. What's the sort of recommendation about those? I mean, I prefer in-ear monitors as opposed to sort of cans over the top when you're on camera. Yeah. And especially on Zoom calls as well. It always seems weird when you're rocking up to a Zoom call and there's somebody with a big set of uh, earphones on. But... I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Live from WKRP Cincinnati. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh <laughs> You have to wear headphones, whether you're, you like cans or you like earphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just because if you can't hear what's going in to your recording or your stream, you have no control and no way to adjust. And so, yeah, I'm right now I'm wearing our, let's see, what am I wearing tonight? Our Aeonic 5s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should know this. Um, and we make incredible earphones all the way from single driver up to quad driver with the SE846. 
Uh, and we also make them uh, wireless. And this is the true wireless adapter, the TW2 or the Aonic. Mm-hmm. Um, Aonic 215s is what these are called. So you can get those. They are awesome and they make a great gift for content creators. So if anyone's like, what do you want for Christmas or Hanukkah? Like Aonic 215 uh-huh. all day. Um I will say, though, if you're monitoring your podcast or live stream, do go wired. You don't really want to mm-hmm. monitor with Bluetooth because there can be some latency. But if you want to then take them out for a jog or ride the Peloton, uh-huh. that's what that's for. What's the battery life like take, on those ones? Oh, 24 hours. Oh, cool. So you get, mm-hmm. yeah, you get three separate charges within the case itself. So mm-hmm. up to 24 hours. And that's what's cool about all of our earphones. They're detachable. Right, right. So when I say... You want to go wired. I'm wired right now. I have it running down the back uh-huh. of me. Um, but then I could just pop them off and put them onto this little wireless adapter and be good to go. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny you mentioned there about obviously monitoring yourself when you're doing anything like this. But uh, the first time I put these into and I was hearing my own voice back, it's a bit weird to get used to the, <laughs> initially. But then, <laughs> yes. but then it gets to the point where it's just weird to not have it when you when you when something happens and you, they're not plugged in. <laughs> It's definitely yeah, worth getting used to. <laughs> and are you monitoring from your MV7? I can't see from the back. This is actually from the Rocaster. So I'm, I'm now okay. plugged in through to the, the Rocaster. So that's where I'm getting yes. this from. Exactly. Well, which is how a lot of people would do it. If you don't have the luxury of having a Rodecaster interface and you have just your MV7, yeah. that's why I love that it's a complete solution. So sure, yeah. If I took this home tomorrow, plugged it in via USB, plugged in my set of headphones... I can hear you and I can hear me and I can adjust the mix of you versus me right yep. on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And that's really key because a lot of people forget, like if how many Zoom calls have you done where if you do put on headphones, you're like, oh, I can't hear myself and the person. Yes, yeah. It's, it's, it can be crippling and really fatiguing. So that's a nice kind of feature of that. Oh, it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, I was y- using that for, for a year before before adding the Rodecaster into the mix. But uh, but now, you know, if you I was go. going anywhere, I wouldn't I wouldn't take the Rodecaster with me, but I'd easily, you know, put this in a in my bag to take with me. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. definitely. And nice. how, how about any other sort of microphones that are, you know, in the the USB range of microphones you've got? Because I know there are a couple of others that, uh, that I noticed. There's one that looks really cool. Now, let me just, I can't remember the, the number of it now. Um, it's like a really the retro. MB5? Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, they're really sort of uh, retro looking. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did I know? Yeah. yeah. So this is the MV5C. There's an MV5 as well. Mm-hmm. The MV5C is our conferencing variant that we came out with during the oh, pandemic right. um, mm-hmm. because it allows you to plug in the mic and it will automatically overtake the mic on your computer mm-hmm. and give you high quality sound. So. For conference calling specifically, it will reject things coming in from the rear of the mic, get you front and center, and it has a headphone jack on the back as well. Mm-hmm. And you can either disable that or enable it. So what we were just talking about, if you want to hear yourself and your guest or whomever you're speaking with, you can enable that so mm-hmm. that you can hear both. Or just talk into the mic as your microphone and monitor through the speakers on your computer, which is what everybody's doing for their conference calls, or they were. So... Yeah, this one looks cool, sounds great. It's an awesome idea for people who want to have conference calls and then do their podcast later that night and maybe record some music. It's just, it's it's really cool. It looks small, again, but don't judge it by its size. These are super powerful microphones and it sits right on your desktop um, or it can come off the stand and sit on its own if you don't want the desktop stand. Mm-hmm. And does that go through the Motive app as well then, did you say, or? 
No, it, this one doesn't need an app at all. Okay. You just plug it in and you change your system preferences to select it as your mic. So you don't even need to control it because you can control it right from the mic itself. It's got two little preset buttons right up there for speech and then that headphone. Mm-hmm. Eh, and you can enable the headphone um, and it, yeah, just adjust it that way. So it has some buttons. You're, there's a mute button right on the back. Right. And you can select the mode. Uh-huh. And how about uh, just sort of stepping away from the, uh, the the USB mics? What about shotgun mics? Because um, that, if that's the, the the right term, I know some people call them shotgun or boom mics. But um, yeah, I know that a lot of creators, uh, you know, it's something that I'm considering with doing product reviews and demos and things like that. Sometimes having something that's right in your face is a bit of a, it uh, can be a bit of a hindrance. So how about these yeah. sort of shotgun mics that uh, that you're making? And what's the, the difference between those? Because uh, in my initial research, <laughs> there's a there's a few of them, but I just couldn't quite figure out what the uh, the sort of difference between those are. Yeah, so the VP89 is a good series to check out. There's a short, medium, and long option for the tube of the mic. Mm-hmm. And shotgun microphones, um, they don't reach out and grab the sound. A lot of people think that it's kind of like a targeted sound. Right. What it's doing is it's rejecting more of the sounds that are coming in from the rear of, or sorry, from the rear on the sides mm-hmm. specifically, so that it's giving you a more pinpointed focus sound, but it won't dial into the sound. So if you are going to be using it off camera, you want to make sure that you're using one that can still be fairly close to the source. And so shotgun mics are traditionally used um, to capture dialogue and to capture Foley. So if you're out in the field or if you're doing a production and you see those booms, you know, people Mm -hmm. holding the mic on the boom, that's a shotgun mic because it can be inobtrusive in the shot, capture the sound, reject the noise, focus on the subject directly in front of it, mm-hmm. but you still have to be directly in front of it. So just keep that in mind right. if you do switch. If you're going to be doing product reviews and you don't want to have the microphone in your face, I'd recommend something like a lavalier like that MVL Got you. or mm-hmm. one of our wireless microphones. Mm-hmm. And Sorry, what's uh, Foley? Is that like background sound? or what's, yeah, yeah, so like, yeah, exactly. Like the, con- the contextual sound that you Got put you. into or like sound effects. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, so those shotgun mics, though they're all um, they're all XLR, are they? So then you would need something like the uh, the MV uh, MVI to take that in over USB if you were going to use that. Yes, we do make um, an on camera uh, shotgun mic, and it's called the VP eighty three. And there's a VP eighty three F, and the F has some onboard recording, which is really cool. It has a little micro SD card that you can put right into it, so you capture a redundant recording. You don't need a camera to use it; you can actually use it standalone. Um, so that's a really cool one as well that does not require an XLR at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how about any others that work with uh, with with mobiles? If somebody is recording on there, obviously you've got the Shure Motive app. So presumably there's that obviously the MV7 and the uh, the MV88. Is there any others that you've got mm-hmm. that are specific for uh, for recording on on mobile? Um, the MVI will work with the Motive app, and so will the MV51. Oh, cool! And the MV5, not the MV5C, but this one, which looks exactly the same, so it's just red. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and has some other buttons on the top, one for speech and one for guitar on those little presets, which are so hard to see in this lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, those will work with your phone and with the Motive app. So the MVI then, you can plug in any XLR mic. So in theory, then you can basically use any any mic you've got with the uh with, with your phone in theory then. Is there any yes. issue there with, I know some require like phantom power, for example, perhaps you could explain what that is. And is, would, does that, is that provided by the Shure MVI? And how does that work if yes. you've got it plugged into your phone? 
Yes. It actually, on the back here of the MVI, you'll see it says fan of power, which mm-hmm. you can enable. Um, you just push and hold the um, the mute button till it lights up on the back. Mm-hmm. Phantom Power is providing an electrical charge to the back plate of the condenser mic. So that's how that works. Instead of having that magnet that we were talked about earlier, it has an electrically charged back plate, and then the diaphragm moves in front of it and creates that electromagnetic field and signal and goes down the mic. So yes, this will power a condenser microphone or a dynamic microphone or an instrument. Mm-hmm. And what what sort of power are we talking about when they, they talk about phantom power? And is that something, you know, if you were plugged into your mobile, for example, is that provided by the mobile then? Or Yeah, so if you're powering the MVI with your mobile phone, yes, it will supply that. And it's it's 48 volts is what it, give or take a few, mm-hmm. what it's actually providing to the microphone to power it. Right, right. But presumably just really low current then. At that. Yeah. You're not going to get zapped. Yeah. <laughs> and if you plug, if you enable um, phantom power on a dynamic microphone, you're not going to hurt it or anything. So, you know, don't worry about it. It's just providing that charge to the back plate uh-huh. itself. Uh-huh. And is there any any other things to be aware of with uh, with that? You know, plugging any other microphones in, or is the should you enable that before? Does it matter if it's enabled when you're plugging the thing in, or? Any- you should plug it in first and then enable it and then disable it if you're unplugging. I mean, our best that's the best practice. Um, but most microphones nowadays, it won't be bothered if you plug it in while it's enabled. But I, I always plug mine in and then enable. Right, power. right. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll follow your instructions then. <laughs> 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 yes, don't blow anything up. No, I, I think you'd be fine. But yes, that's my general instruction. Uh-huh. Are there any other, any other microphones that, uh, that are sort of relevant that we've not uh, sort of touched upon uh, today that you think are suitable? Uh, there's, uh, another, there's another really cool one. So there's a, a friend of mine who's got the, um, the Shure Super 55, the one with the sort of blue. Oh, yes. That's like really retro, but with a sort of blue behind the grill. I think that one looks, uh, yeah. looks awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that one is actually a reissue of the 55SH, which is lovingly known as internally as the Elvis mic and externally. Right. And that is from um, a long time ago. And we reissued it, I think, in, oh gosh, 2010. Don't quote me on that. The, the Super 55, which is actually a Beta 58, which is one of our most popular live microphones. It is the same capsule mm-hmm. in the Super 55. So something that you may not have known. And it is a great microphone for live and for podcasting. And it just looks so cool. And I wish I had mine right here. But it's in my mic locker, which is in the other room. <laughs> Your mic locker. I've, I, I want a mic locker. <laughs> yeah. Everyone my mic one. drawer. Yeah, I, I have. I do. It's a fringe benefit of working for a microphone company. <laughs> um, now, you mentioned there that it was a, like a reissue. And I know that like the SM7B, people, it's... In, in sort of live streaming circles, it's been popular of late and in podcasting, but it has been around for years and years. And what's the sort of, um, you, you know, been the evolution of it? Is it literally exactly the same, you know, technology that's, uh, uh, that, that was uh, initially introduced or has there been any evolution to no. it? Or it, There has been. There's been evolution of adding a humbucker coil so that it could actually reject some of the, the s- sounds that were coming from other electromagnetic equipment mm-hmm. in older studios. Um, and then uh, that was the SM7. The SM7B um, was in the 80s, or sorry, 99 was when we did that right. latest iteration, and SM7A was before that in the 80s. Um, and I just looked up like what all the different nuances were. They're very subtle changes, though. It's fundamentally the same microphone. It was just kind of subtly tweaked along the way to make it even right. even better. 
I, I, I mean, I find that amazing that we're technology in so many other spaces is obviously there's constantly development going on at Shaw and other companies as well. But it is it's nice to see that there's something that, you know, the uh, Mac is obsolete within you know, a year or two, <laughs> you're always, oh. already looking at the new thing, but you get a microphone yeah. and it can really last, you know, you know a lifetime almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And this is my personal crusade right now is, you know, if you're starting a podcast or you're starting a live stream and you think, Oh, I don't, I don't want to spend a bunch of money on it. You know, that's fair. However, if you think about it, you're spending the money and you're going to spend it once mm-hmm. and have it forever or for a very, very long time. Like what you were saying, when you bought your USB MV7, you bought it because it has the XLR so that it can continue to grow with yes, you. Yeah. So that's what I always encourage people to do is do the research, find the mic that's going to work the best for your space and find the one that sounds the best. And if it's a little bit more, you're definitely worth it. You know, this is something that you're wanting to do. So you know, make the investment. You, you spend money on crazy things probably. So this is something that's worthwhile. I certainly do, <laughs> but uh, yeah, not you personally. No, but the, I, the general you. But. I know, I know, I know what you meant, but uh, but I do as well. So <laughs> sorry, Alec. <laughs> um, no, but it is true. I mean, it's it's something that you're going to buy, and then it's like a, an ongoing uh, investment that you're not going to have to sort of change going forward necessarily. Although uh, you know, you do, always do get uh, caught out by the gear acquisition syndrome sometimes. <laughs> you do. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean, I remember going to my freshman year or sophomore year of college when I transferred into Berkeley and we had to buy a mic and I was poor. You know, I was a college student. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy this $50 mic. And an SM58 has been $99 since it came out mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much in the 60s. So, you know, I should have just bought the SM58 then because I was using something else that was just not great. And and you can tell the difference in the craftsmanship. You can tell the difference in how the microphone physically reacts to to your voice and to your mm-hmm. instrument. So, you know, it, it's nickels and dimes when you're first thinking of it. But yeah. I don't know. As someone who's bought and bought and bought, do the research and buy once and buy the thing that you actually want uh-huh. and that you that you think is going to give you the best experience so that you don't have to fight your technology. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of gear and, and and buying things, what else have you actually added into your studio? So what else have you got apart from the, uh, oh. the the microphone? What are some of the other things that you've got going on for your your live setup? Yes, my live setup is my my crown jewel is the Sony ZV-E10. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that about a year ago and it is just such a game changer. Um, just the way like right now, I, I went through a bunch of tutorial videos. I changed my whole setup and I followed all these things. And then when I got this neon sign behind me, it was getting all tweaky. So I just went back to the default settings mm-hmm. and that's what this is. Right. <laughs> so like, I just love that it's like I could get all geeky with it or I could just say, you know, Sony probably knows what they're doing. Yep. And I've been super happy with it. So I use the Sony ZV-E10. Um, I have a stream deck mm-hmm. and I have um, two ring lights, which Doc Rock makes fun of me for, but I think that they work for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... What else? A MacBook Pro. And I use K&M stands because they tend to be the strongest and they don't let me down. Right, right. And that's it. That's uh-huh. my setup. It's, uh, I mentioned in my uh, my intro that I'm still using a 10-year-old camera, but the, the ZV-E10 is the one that I'm going to ultimately replace it with. I've just <laughs> I've still nice. not got around to it. I think with me, it's because I've got everything set up and just been too busy with other things. I can't face stripping everything out and 
doing it again. So this has been sitting here since I moved into this studio, which was basically New Year wow. this year. Uh, it's been sitting here just on <laughs> all of the time, uh, just oh ready, my gosh. ready to go. So I've not, I've not, I've not touched it. Somebody asked me, uh, I was on a call with somebody and they wow. said like, what, what are your settings that you've got on it? And I was like, I can't remember. It was that, that yeah. long since I've set it up. I don't up. know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ones that work, that, those settings. Yeah. Well, that is the one Achilles heel to the, the ZVE 10 that I will say mm-hmm. is that you don't, and maybe there's a workaround and someone in your audience will be like, duh, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. You have to manually disconnect the USB right. and enable USB streaming every time. Uh-huh. Oh, That's there must be a workaround for that, for sure. I know that I'm fairly I, sure. Uh, we'll have we'll have a word with Doc about it because um, yeah, yeah. If you find it, or if Doc I'll, starts screaming at us, then yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll uh-huh. maybe you'll know. I, th- and, I think he's the yeah. same. I think he has his sort of basically on all the time and ready to ready to go. <laughs> well, he probably keeps eCam live open all the time I, too. I, for I do me, that as well. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. This is not a dedicated live streaming computer. This is my work computer. So mm-hmm. I can't do that, uh-huh. but um, I would, and that would be good. And then I wouldn't have to do the, the workaround. Although I also have trouble getting it to charge while I'm streaming, but mm-hmm. that's because I'm using the wrong cable and Doc's already yelled at me about that. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Working <laughs> on it. He'll, he'll do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. how about the, um, the, the virtual events then? Are you still doing that as well as live? You know, now that, um, you know, you've got things set up, is that something that's continued after the pandemic for you or did it sort of all revert back to sort of live, live shows? Um, for work? Yes. So I still do a lot of virtual trainings right. and that I don't think is going to go away. Um, but no, I haven't done another virtual cocktail hour you know, for <laughs> right. being a bartender's entertainment. Yeah. I haven't had to do another one of those. I'm back in the real world. Mm-hmm. And how about, uh, I suppose in, uh, in short, I'm guessing that all of the, uh, you know, the zoom calls and things like that, everyone's got great audio, but <laughs> how have you found like being with the, the sort of wider world with your, uh, your setup talking to people? Because as you know, when p- live streamers have got these setups and then they go into zoom, people are always uh, oh. yeah, a little bit blown away. It's a, it's amazing that people haven't put more effort into it after, you know, two or three years of <laughs> the, the pandemic. But You know, I wish they would, but they don't even think about it no. or they don't even hear it. And I, I remember my neighbor down the street, mid-pandemic, I went to their house and they had, um, he had his computer like in a dock three feet away from him and then a <laughs> desk, you know, like a standing desk with three monitors. Yeah. And he's like, my team is telling me my audio is horrible. And I'm like, <laughs> you're screaming at a computer that's three feet away from you. So yeah. then I gave him the MV5C and his mm-hmm. team was, and his wife were like, you, you know, because it's just so, it's not even fatiguing for you as much as it is for your listeners and yep, the people totally. on the other side of that Zoom call. And yeah, so doing calls now when people don't have a mic, it's like, oof, it's rough. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm very spoiled. We're very spoiled. That is a a huge thing, though, because it's for me, I'm always going on about this for people on Zoom calls, is it's actually interrupting, you know, people being able to take in the information that you've got to give. And you want to be able to give the, you know, deliver your value in the best way possible to whoever it is that you're talking Mm -hmm. to, or whether you're pitching something or explaining something, whatever it is. And if they're having to to work to to actually listen, (laughs) then... Yes. They're not actually concentrating fully on whatever message it is you've got to say. So it is a bit of a, uh, it's, it's a wasted opportunity in my mind. <laughs> exactly. That's uh-huh. exactly it. 
Yeah, I agree. And so since we're talking about that, just briefly, is there any specific mic that you would recommend for like for conferencing and things like that that is different or any tips that you've got for uh, for people who are, you know, on, on conferencing calls? To improve yeah, that so I mean, I would say, yeah, the MV5C is a really, really affordable way to get great sounding audio. Like I said, it will overtake the mic. So you don't have to do any kind of thinking with it. Just plug it in select it within Zoom or which Teams or whichever platform you're mm-hmm. using, and then it's going to make your audio exponentially better. Um, we also have a whole suite of conferencing solutions that we sell. We have a company called Stem, a brand that we acquired, oh, cool. and they are under the Shure umbrella, and we make that. If you, Let's say you're, you, know, you own a small business and you're doing a lot of outbound calls, or you know, maybe you're in real estate or you're in education too, or small government, and you need something to have a conference solution that's going to be super easy, not crazy expensive, check out STEM on the Sure website because super easy to set up. Sounds incredible. So yeah, we've got, we got lots of options. Mm-hmm. All the things. <laughs> I shall uh, leave a link, obviously, to uh, the Sure website in the, in the description. Um, I did have it up earlier. I've missed, I must have missed the, uh, the STEM thing. So uh, <laughs> Oh, conferencing and meetings. There it is, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah under cool. conferencing. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah, cool. so we have we have a wide variety too. We have a whole selection called Microflex, and that's really incredible for uh, you know larger installations, conferencing, uh, houses of worship, mm-hmm. uh, higher education, like that new standard and ceiling microphones that you just showed. That we have ceiling tile microphones that that fit right into the aesthetics. Oh, in of the, the sort room. of drop ceiling. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And they are smart microphones. They actually listen and adapt based on who's speaking. It has multiple microphones within it. So right. it will adjust and turn on the microphones for not. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. So the, yeah, that's the MXA 920. So that's, that's our higher, higher tier. And uh-huh. then there's the stem options for, you know, a little bit more plug and play. Got you. Oh, I totally missed this earlier. I'll have to have a geek out on that <laughs> afterwards as well. They look cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we haven't even talked about our wireless products. I mean, wireless, that's our meat and potatoes as well. So when you think of the SM58 as being kind of the legendary live stage microphone. Yes, yep. All of our microphones can be made wireless, mm-hmm. pretty much. So we make wireless systems, that Axiom digital system that's right there, that, that's used on the Super Bowl. I mean, right. it's, it's for top tier level. But if you're doing things like live streaming, we make great options like BLX that are super simple to use, very affordable, uh-huh. and give you wireless freedom without, without a heavy lift technologically. Right, yeah, right. BLX so with the, with the BLX then, so is that a specific microphone with that specific box? Or is that uh, you can you know, use other microphones with it you know if, say for example if you wanted to use it like a love mic or you wanted to use something else uh, or is it a specific yeah so that's that is fixed so that microphone goes with that particular receiver uh-huh. but you could get um, a lavalier that's tuned to that same frequency that you can right then right use. Uh-huh. yeah so you just couldn't use both at the same time because it sure, can sure. only take one yes yep. one mic per one receiver uh-huh. or one transmitter per one receiver but yes so we make some cool co- combo options Mm-hmm. So like for being, you could see that two channel system in that smaller picture on the right to where you could get a handheld and a lavalier option. So you have some flexibility there. Mm-hmm. That one's the two lav or right. two instrument mic actually is what that one is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all kinds of variables that you can do. You just want to make sure when you're buying wireless 
that you use our wireless frequency finder, which is in our online software tools there so that you can determine which system is the best one to choose for your region because that's what some people don't think about when they buy wireless. You have to know that you're going to have the most highest channel count available in your region that's not going to interfere with TV channels, um, emergency channels, and also work within your wireless spectrum and give you the best performance without having any dropouts. Mm -hmm. So we have really great sales engineers too that can help with that as well. If you're looking for support, there's um, on shore.com a link to support that can get all your questions answered or you can just reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I'm very easy to find. Davids L at shore.com. That's my email address. Cool. Well, I've got all of the <laughs> uh, all of the links in the description as well to anyone who wants to uh, check yes. that out. Uh, and how about um, obviously you've got your your own website for your music. I'll leave a link to that in the description as well. I but do. Uh, yeah, great to find out all of your uh, music uh, videos and things like that there as well. What have you got coming up with uh, with that sort of side of things at the moment? Are you working on any new albums? Have you got anything coming up for release? Or? Yes. Yes, I have been working on. A, this brilliant EP for a while. I, it's it's like been a total labor of love working with uh, a friend of mine named Mark Rahali who's been producing it alongside me from re- remotely. Uh, and so I just can't wait to get it out. The, the song that is showing right now called Rise Up is the kind of latest single that I released back in the spring. Uh, but we have several more to come. So that's coming in 2023 and I can't wait. Mm-hmm. How how does that work with in terms of remote production? Uh, you know, is that a case of you recording in 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 your home and then somebody else doing some engineering on the other yeah. end? And uh, and is that sort of live or is that a case of a back and forth? How does that uh, how does that work out? Um, I've done it both ways, but usually I record here and then I send off my tracks to him, and he'll mm-hmm. mix it and add different things to it. Uh, and that project's been coming along for quite a while where I took 10-year-old tracks that I had recorded and he completely revisited some of them and, and made them just uh, incredible. Uh, so it, it's different every time. And that's what my podcast is all about. It's mm-hmm. how songs start as ideas in my head and go into my voice memo on my phone or I you know unearth 10-year-old demos and turn them into songs. And you can hear the whole progression. So that's what Song 43 is all about. Cool. Well, that is linked in the uh, description as well. I think I've got that up somewhere on here as well. But I've got uh, yeah, got that all linked in the description. You can find all of the things, all of the places to find uh, uh, find Laura in the uh, in the description in the show notes as well. Is there anything there? Any sort of final words that you want to leave people with from an uh, an audio perspective or your music perspective? <laughs> um, I just you know I say this. I'll say it again. Like you are worth it. So please take the time to do the research check out Alex music and you know tips and tricks that he's got for production you know because he's done a lot of research as well and reach out to people that you know and and use those contacts but you know you deserve great sounding audio and so do your your listeners so don't skimp on the audio yeah it's a great investment like we said earlier as well it's going to last a, last a lifetime if you buy it right the first time yeah definitely Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and uh, sharing your knowledge and wisdom. I've certainly uh, learned a few things myself today, <laughs> because like I said before, it's, uh, I came into the, the whole live streaming with no, uh, no knowledge of this sort of stuff at all. So it's all been a learning experience. So really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all the things you know. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much to everyone for uh, listening or watching wherever you are. Obviously, you can find the links to uh, everywhere you can find Laura, as I've said, in the description in the show notes as well. Um, you may want to check out the uh, video of this podcast if you are listening on audio, because uh, obviously Laura was showing off some of the uh, cool microphones and devices and things like that as well. So definitely want to catch that. I'll uh, see you uh, next time, though, with another great guest and another great conversation. Thanks for watch- watching. Thanks for listening. 